Well, good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the HSHZ I don't know how you remember all that. That's the Hager Seppner Hershey's Hill High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek, once again, live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. And Dane, if people didn't have enough of me on the radio this weekend, it's too bad because they got a they got an hour and thirty minutes of me here tonight. Uh, I know Steve Rouse has had enough of me. He's been on the board listening to me for about twenty hours this weekend. But uh, it was a, a long weekend, a lot of wrestling, and I, I hope the fans really appreciated the uh, the coverage we gave them. Uh, I I received numerous texts from other people that tuned in, and it's amazing, Dane. You, you'll talk to people that uh, haven't been associated with wrestling. Uh, ever or haven't been for 20 years, and they'll tell you, hey, we tune in and listen to wrestling all the time. It's like they're the last people you think that actually tune in to listen to wrestling on the radio. Well, I'll tell you what, you guys must have had a good conversation with Ike Rubel because I talked to several people on Saturday while I was still in Indianapolis, but talked to people back home who all said, oh, man, what a great interview and what a great opportunity it was for Ike to join you as you must have done it while Blake was wrestling. Yes, Blake Harley. So, uh, and, you know, those two have wrestled together the same age. They've done all kinds of things together. So really cool for Ike to be there for Blake's last match. And, and I thought Blake Hirely wrestled really, really well this weekend. But he did. going back to what you said about the state finals and, the, and, and people listening back home, I think it, it all adds to that degree <coughs> of just how special wrestling is here in Adams County, how many people were tuned in, how many people that don't normally listen to us that were interested in, in seeing how those boys did on Friday and on Saturday. And uh, I know there were a lot of people, and we want to thank Jason Cree for all that he did this week uh, weekend in promoting the tournament and, uh, and putting on the loudspeakers here and for hosting our show. And uh, it's hard to believe the season's over already. I'll tell you what, Dane, uh, you, know, we were, you knew where we were at, and it was really hard for people to get to us. And uh, Ike made his way up through the stands and climbed over the rail to come See us in uh, Blake's match had just started, and I was like, I don't want Ike to sit here this whole time, and I don't want a short Blake's match. So uh, I started, I put the headset on and said, let's get you uh, into radio, maybe start your radio career. And, and uh, he helped us commentate the match, added some color in there. And, uh, I mean, it was a great interview. Uh, Blake's match was over, and, and then Ike hung around with us. Ike was probably with us 15 minutes or so. And, you know, AJ and I, we cried a little bit. He cried a little bit. But uh, it's, uh, it was a good interview, and uh, we were glad to I'm up there, and I think once that happens and he knows that there's no more wrestling for him at high school level, the pressure was off, and he just kind of mellowed out, and he, he just seemed like he was at peace, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I, I was kind of disappointed, honestly, that he ended up taking one of the, the forfeits on Saturday because it deprived us of getting to watch him one more time, but I think it was a fitting end to his career, and I, you know, I was glad to see him win his last two. Uh, I had even made the comment before, earlier in the week, I said, gosh, if he makes the finals and loses again, I'm just going to be so heartbroken. <laughs> I said, if I could guarantee that he was going to win, I want him to make the finals. If, I want, if he's going to lose again in the finals, I'd rather just see him win his last match and get a big hug from Tim Myers and from Sean Perot. And, you know, that's, ended up, that's how it worked out, was that he did get some compliments from his coaches and a, and a hug, and he scored some near fall on a couple of tilts and, and ended his career that way. But what, what a fantastic <laughs> ride we have all been on. Anybody who's been around him and watched since sixth grade when he was wrestling 75 and all the way up until now 12th grade, I mean, we've, we've been to the finals of major tournaments with 
future Big Ten wrestlers involved, and we've all got to do it because of of the accomplishments of, of what Ike has done. And the senior class in general, talking about Blake Hirely, Alex Curry, Dobie, all the other guys who qualified for state, and all the guys that didn't, guys all the way down to, uh, you know, Dalton Robinson. We, we've had so much fun the last four years, and I'm sad that the season's over, but I'm also really happy about the, the experiences that we've had over the last five or six years. And uh, we, we learned something that we didn't know. He said that, well, we talked about Jesse Mendez being a four-timer. He said, well, a little backstory of that. He said a lot of people don't know. He said, but Jesse Mendez and Aiden Sprague and somebody else, he said, they've been at our lake cottage. And he said, uh, he said my, my brother John actually wrestled Jesse Mendez in the living room floor there. <laughs> and he said they was both sweating pretty good. And I said, I don't know if John could hang in that match. He goes, oh, we were, they were giving it a tussle. But he said they've been to Lake Hyde. So it's like those guys hang together, know together. And it's like you see somebody at this national level, but knowing that uh, Ike's still kind of hooked in with him. Now, you'll be interested to hear this, but I did actually speak with Jesse Mendez last night at the finals. He said, do you have a Sharpie? And I said, no, sorry. And then he walked away. <laughs> but, you know, I did get to talk to him. So he was looking for something to sign autographs with. Remember when uh, David Letterman used to have that brush with greatness? Uh-huh. Yeah, that was, yeah, your, brush. It was, it that was, was. your brush with greatness. He looked at me, and I looked at him, and I spoke to him, and he replied to me, and then he walked away. He just wanted a Sharpie. He had no idea who you were. Dude, you get a Sharpie? I, no. And he just left. I, if I would have had a Sharpie, perhaps I could have had a longer conversation with him. <laughs> but... No, it is. Now, let me guess. You it is sh- what it is. You get a sharpie. I'm going to carry right? a sharpie around now sharpie forever, in your just pocket. in case somebody Always. important asks me for the one. The judge walks in. Hey, Dan, you got a sharpie here. Sign this for me. Uh, you know, and it was kind of interesting last night after he'd won, and you know, everybody praised him. And I know from what I've seen of him, it was probably too much for him. He didn't want to go through it. He was very classy after he won with the bow. I think a lot of people respected that. He didn't really celebrate. I think he showed his appreciation for how positive everybody's been with him. But no matter where he went yesterday after he won, little kids signing autographs. Hey, will you sign this for me? Will you sign my headgear? Will you sign, you know, yeah. all those things. You, you could get something signed if you had a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I said I got a ballpoint pen. Hey, and hey, it didn't. hey, Jeff, go get him a Sharpie. He's a Sharpie. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> yeah, it probably, it probably will. So, Rex, we've been on air since October talking about this season, and uh, I know you were on, all, on air all weekend long, and I sat down there and just kissed babies and shook hands and ate all the free food that was there, but uh, it, it was an awfully fun weekend, and I had a couple conversations with some different people who maybe haven't been to as many state finals, and they were asking, you know, oh, weren't you disappointed? I got from a couple people. And I, I, I just shook my head at him and said, no, you don't, you don't really understand it. Rex is over here signing his takeout box and his Sharpie. I'm practicing my autograph for <laughs> those kids that want my autograph. I tell you what, for, a, for most of the people that were down there, it didn't matter which school you were supporting. It didn't matter what place they got. You go down there to meet up with other people who are as passionate about the sport as you are. And uh, from my experience being down there Thursday by 6, 7 o'clock, on the other side of the ice storm to when I left this morning, it was nonstop conversation with people that were just so excited to be at the state finals. They didn't care. You know, I, I talked to Maryville guys last night. 
they weren't down because their kid got seventh or eighth. They were just happy to be there. And I think you talk to a lot of people who wish they would have been there. A lot of people who, who, who wish they would have had a state placer. And I think if you try to look at the lens of Adam Central or Belmont and say, well, you know, they didn't even have anybody make the semifinals. Well, there's only about 12 schools who had a semifinalist last night. Oof. And they're 11 of the top 20 schools in enrollment in the state of Indiana. So I don't think that that's how you judge the weekend. Well, Crown Point took half the spots in the finals. They did. And I saw on Facebook today, um, Troy Gerke took his, his dad, Don, down to Indianapolis and celebrated with the 87 and 88 and 89 guys, if I remember when Troy graduated correctly. It didn't really matter if Ike won or Ike got fifth. They were excited to be part of Belmont Wrestling at the state finals for 25, 30 years in a row. And they met up with old friends and they talked about, you know, remember that time when we... And that's, all, that's, that's really all that matters. I, I had such a great time last night. I had people in and out of my room until 1 a.m. last night. Got to spend a lot of time with Mike Reiser and Joe Caprino over the weekend. And uh, just a lot of fun. And I know you were stuck working the whole weekend, and I had all the fun. But I know you appreciate being there and being part of it. And it, it never gets old. I'll tell you what. We, uh, <clears throat> we also appreciate, Dana, is uh, people that respect this show. And what this show has uh, done in the last two years is uh, – really tied the state of Indiana together when it comes to talking about wrestling. Uh, the way you put the show together and the guests that uh, you line up. Uh, I talked to a lot of people from all over the places. Oh, we listen to all the time. The guy said, one guy said, yeah, I, I travel a lot. And he said, I download a podcast. And he said, I listen to podcasts. So the fact that uh, we have sponsors and we have a station owner that allow us to uh, do this uh, it really makes a big difference. And, uh, you know, the commissioner is one of our fans, Mike Gable, our farthest fan to the south. Uh, he's a big fan Really appreciate being on our show. We're glad to have him on the show. But uh, I think this show has kind of tied uh, Belmont Wrestling, Adams Central Wrestling, South Adams Wrestling together with the whole state of Indiana. Yeah, I got uh, to spend a great half hour of my day on Friday with Barry Humble talking about different things and experiences that he's been through. And, you know, Barry, it's kind of funny. South Adams people that are listening will probably laugh at this. But we walked out, my wife and I walked out of the first session on Friday and there stood Barry Humble, and he was just—he had this big smile on his face, and he was just looking around, thinking, "I'm looking for somebody that I know, so I can go spend time with them." In the <laughs> because there was a lot of downtime in between that those two Friday sessions, so I grabbed Barry by the arm and said, "Barry, come along with us. Let's go. Let's go have something to eat." And there he was. He was walking around. He he met up with some other people that he knew, but that's a beautiful thing. Yesterday, uh, Saturday, in between sessions, we went to the Calzone place across the street had conversations with people at every table on all sides about different things. And you don't even need to know who they are. You see the shirt that they're wearing, and you start talking about their kid, and you have these connections. Uh, I had a great time last night sitting next to a, uh, an older uh, couple from Centerville, and they talked about how excited they were about what Centerville did this year in Team State. And they were there. Centerville had the one kid at State, but – they were there taking pictures just because they love going to the state finals. He took a picture of Lavelle doing his backflip, and he was so excited. He was sharing it to everybody. He was sharing it to his Facebook page. He was showing Joe Caprino, and uh, I just think that speaks a lot to how many people just enjoy going down there regardless of what happens for their own individual school. Yeah, AJ and I went and got something to eat at a downtown place. It was like one of the only places open. They specialize in fried chicken, and uh, we had some chicken, and then we were walking out, and Jake O'Neill and all the rest of the the Warren Central guys there, and we had a conversation with them, and they told us, 
you know, even though they had a kid in his weight class, they told us how much they love Ike. And it's, that's Warren Central. I mean, it's nowhere close to Decatur, Indiana. Yeah, I wrote in my story that's going to run in Tuesday's paper that I felt like there was no moment throughout the entire tournament where I felt like the collective breath of the crowd was being held as when Ike went on his back the second time. <laughs> and he, he may very well have been stuck, but you could hear 10,000 people breathe a sigh of relief saying, okay, he still has a chance yeah. to move on. And I think that says a lot about Ike and how many people are positive about him. So that wraps up our uh, weigh-in section. And, uh, Dane, you got a live read for us for this section? Yeah, like we said, we want to thank Jason for all that he did this weekend in promoting Belmont and Adams County Wrestling in general in, in, in our broadcast on WZBD. I know there were a lot of people listening from all over the state. A lot of people who were fed up with paying $15 for Flow Wrestling or whatever it was and, and tuned in. And I know you guys did a great job of covering the finals from everything that I heard. Uh, the food is great. Even though our show's done now till next November, come on out as the temperature warms up, the food specials get better, the crowd gets better. And, and once it gets really warm in here and you get into the summer during golf season, this is a great place to go. My wife and I, if we're going to go out, we drop the kids off at my in-laws and this is our this is our place of choice where it's comfortable the food's good the beer's cold and uh we, we certainly love the double eagle uh, jason said saturday morning he said uh, there's like 15 people in here having breakfast watching uh, wrestling he said there's a couple of trays of cinnamon rolls left over there if you want one they're a little stale but uh <laughs> so with that i'm going to take this time to send it back to studio steve rouse our studio technician running board for around the commercials we'll be back with uh First period in our coach, uh, our special guest, Coach Blaine Culp of the Columbia City Eagles right after this. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery in Decatur, Indiana. We are celebrating 75 years in business with three generations of Heller still working. During these winter months, we have a great selection of pottery and houseplants in our greenhouses. New shipments in weekly and stay up to date with Heller Nursery on Facebook. Stop in at Heller Nursery for a breath of fresh air. Don't forget, Heller Nursery is open seven days a week, including Sundays. Check out hellernursery.com for our spring tree and shrub options. Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur is hands down the best auto body repair shop in the Midwest. That's why your friends and neighbors give Bowers Paint Studio a five-star rating on Facebook. Your family ride get dinged in an accident? Take it to Bowers for a free estimate. Need a custom paint job for your collectible car or motorcycle? Bowers Paint Studio is the place to go. Nate works with all the insurance companies and can help you get a loaner. That's Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur. Welcome back to the HSHZ HSWWW here at the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. That stands for the Hager Seppin Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Uh, now we're joined for the first period by a coach of the uh, Columbia City. Is it the Eagles or the Golden Eagles, Blaine? Is it just the Eagles? Just the Eagles. Just the Eagles. Coach of the Columbia City Eagles, Blaine Culp. How you doing, Coach? Uh, we're doing well. Thanks for uh, having me back on the show. You know, we always love, love being on the show. 
Coach Dane Filling here. I'm going to start with one question. I'm just going to ask you, you good? I'm good. I'm good. Are you? I, I am good. Uh, Bl- Are you sure? Blaine, you sure? And, Blaine and I have a, a long history of some fun times down at Indianapolis, and uh, we were just talking in the first session uh, about just how fun it is to go down and be surrounded by 10,000 people who enjoy being there. Uh, it doesn't matter whether or not you've got a place, or of course it's nice to have a guy on Saturday, but when it comes down to it, just having the opportunity to, to sit and have a few drinks, have a talk, talk about stories, memories from decades ago. That's really what this weekend's all about. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. Um, after, um, after the parade, the first parade on Friday, um, me and uh, Ian Clifford and his dad, we went upstairs and we tried to find our section. We went to the wrong section. We came down the steps and, and there sitting Craig Mackey. You know, I've never wrestled Craig Mackey in my life, but I've been on a bunch of Indiana trips with him. And uh, he recognizes me right away, and, you know, we have a good long long talk there. Um, then I find my seats um, yesterday. Sitting behind me is Belmont Brave John Sheets. How you know, funny is it, that? It's, 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 it's awesome to, to see these guys that you've known forever, and you see them one time a year. And, and it's like picking up stories that, you you know, it's like you've never, you've never lost time or anything like that. Like I told Rex, there were a lot of stories last night that started with the, with the sentence. You remember that one time when? And uh, that's, that's, that's really the part that I enjoy the most. I know I had a smile on my face the entire week, and I know a, a lot of us were hoping for Alex Curry to get a medal, Ike Rubel to make the finals, but when it came down to it last night, after I ordered my Kilroys and sat down and, and, and talked with my buddy Paul Maldonado and Joe, Joe Caprino, I, I just really enjoyed the weekend overall. Oh, it's awesome. You know, obviously we all want to be, we all want to, we all want to be coaching on, on Saturday night. Um, if you don't get that opportunity, which I've never had the opportunity, but it's still so much fun to, to go down there. And, um, it was, it was disappointing last year, you know, when we don't have tickets or whatever, and we gotta, you gotta go home and, um, you know, you gotta watch them on TV and it's just not the same, not the same at all. Hey, Blaine, as a, as a guy from, uh, you know, Northeast Indiana, what what do you think it takes to actually coach on the lights now when you have a team come in like Crown Point and just dominate? I mean, you you know, they had one-fourth of the spots uh, taken up for the uh, 20, uh, 24, uh, 28 weight classes. Um, I think it takes, you know, to, to look at un- the guys underneath the lights, and you're always seeing two, three, four, and now obviously this year we saw six of them under there. It takes a solid team. You know, you're not going to be able to do it with just one or two guys. Um, I know, obviously, West Lafayette was an exception to that. Um, but you look at Rochester, uh, you know, they only had one guy under the lights, but look at what they brought with them. You know, they, they brought a whole group of, of, of wrestlers. They had their 195, their 220, their 285 there. And it just takes great workout partners to, you know, to prepare you. And then, obviously, a great schedule and, and all that. But. Uh, Blaine, what what kind of odds do you think you could have got at the beginning of the year for Marshall Fishback to be state champion? Oh man, I, you know, obviously we we've seen Rochester come up through um, the elementary duels and then in the middle school stuff, and and um, so we've seen the Rochester guys coming up, and obviously Fishback was a state qualifier last year, right? Um, so, but you would never, you would never think that a guy like that would would win one, and and it's great for Fort Wayne to get one, you know. Um, hey, we had a lot of medals though. So yes, obviously. yes, we did, and I, I we were talking last night. I was with a bunch of South Adams guys, and we we said, man, South Adams had or not South Adams, Fort Wayne 
we, we kind of took one on the chin on Saturday, and they said, how many matches did we actually win against guys from other semi-states? We won some matches against ourselves. I counted it up. We won 15 matches yesterday total out of 28 guys <laughs> against guys from other semi-states. So I think that speaks a little bit to the, to the way that the work that we still have to do. But uh, I do want to touch on Fishback a little bit more. Uh, I was telling my wife on the way home, I think that's the, that's the moment that sticks with me the most in this entire state finals. Uh, Greg Rakestraw is interviewing uh, Fishback after he's won, and he asks him, what got you to, to, to jump into wrestling? Because they talked about how he had only been wrestling for two or three years. And uh, Clint was sitting there in the, in the chair by himself. Most people had left. Most people were in the, in the bowels of the, of the arena grabbing their stuff. They weren't too worried about what was happening. And here's this 18-year-old kid who says, my coach talked me into wrestling. And I, I was close enough and lucky enough that I could see the tear coming down Clint Guard's face. And I thought, what an exceptional season they've had. Uh, you know, we didn't give them enough respect in the seeding for 1A. And they, they out-wrestled their seed and out-wrestled their expectations. I don't think anybody really gave them a chance to win semi-state. We were on here, you know, extolling the virtues of Adam Central and saying that they were going to win the whole week, and they came out and they beat Adam Central, and then nobody picked him to win state at heavyweight. And there he was on the mat, and he was a state champion. And I just, what a moment. Everybody wants to talk about Crown Point for this weekend, but what a moment for Clint and for small school wrestling to end the night on last night. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it, you know, something like that, you know, that may bring the next, the next fish back in. You know, it may be, you know, the next freshman or sophomore at Rochester High School that says, oh, he can do it. Well, now all of a sudden um, they bring in another one and another one and another one. Um, you know, that's kind of what we're going through right now with our girls. You know, it's, hey, why don't you come try this? And, you know, once we get one, then another one comes with her. Um, you know, guys, you don't see that a lot in high school. You see that more at the elementary level or the middle school level. But to see that as a as a sophomore in high school or a freshman in high school and then go win a state title, you know, that's, that's pretty incredible. That is our biggest challenge, I think, in growing the sport in schools our size is it is difficult to convince a kid who looks at the better guys on your team and says, well, he's been wrestling since he was five or six years old, you know, what am I going to be able to do? Belmont got lucky this year, and they had a brother of a, of a former wrestler, or of a current wrestler, I should say, who was a football player and fullback, and they said, man, you've got to come out. We need you. And uh, Isaac Botkins came out to the team. He never wrestled a varsity match, never really, I don't think he even wanted to wrestle a varsity match, but got a bunch of JV mat experience. Uh, whoop some butt in a couple of JV tournaments, and I think he knows that, that he's going to be counted on next year to be part of this team that doesn't want to have a letdown. And I think that is a really difficult part of coaching uh, is to convince kids as ninth graders or 10th graders that you can still have success in the sport even though you haven't been doing it your whole life. So, guys, if you if you look at the Jumbotron and on the replays and that the, you know, HSAA Network does a great job of covering and the fact that they can play the replays. When Fishback had won the match in the final overtime period and he's running towards his coach, his, <laughs> it, it goes on his face and he says, oh, my God, I won. 
And I just don't think to, that's what he said. Secondly, <laughs> I, think I, I, he, think, I think there was another another, there was another uh, adjective in there. <laughs> well, he said that. He said at least he said that part of or part of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was cool. There was, um, you know, we were sitting up in the uh, in section seven, you know, the upper section seven, and behind us were uh, three Rochester girls, and um, I knew Fishback had, Fishback had scored first, and we went through the the first overtime, then the second and third overtime. And she was recording it, and I reached back, and I said, hey, give me your phone. Let me record this because you're about to win the match. You know, I wanted her to, to see the reaction. I wanted her to have the full reaction and not worry about recording. And, uh, you know, it, it's cool to see, you know, fans like that get to have, I think one of them might have been dating Brady Beck or something, but um, <laughs> it's cool to have, you know, people sitting behind you rooting for um rooting for people like that you know we always sit near modern day so you see that all the time but to have a rochester fan behind you is pretty cool too you know we talk about fishback talk about that brady back that kid's a 220 pounder that gave gave a pretty good match to uh, blake hirely and he's a 10th grader yeah well he came in last year at semi-state as a guy that that probably should have got out i think he had a a little letdown and uh he should have been you know we talked all about hinton and all that stuff from Northrop about getting out to, at, as a freshman 220. But I think Brady Beck was one that kind of got, that they got slept on. And, and, you know, I know he had a, he had a bad semi-state, but he probably was a better wrestler at that time. He just had a bad weekend. For sure. And I, I think once again, I, I tried to get a contact for Clint to get him on the show today, but uh, I'll try to reach out to him <clears throat> anyways and just tell him, you know, how impressed I am with, with what they were able to accomplish and uh, it's not easy. Anybody who looked at the program last night and looked at the, the top ten teams in the scoreboard and is, are familiar with enrollments in Indiana, uh, there's no secret as to what's going on and the trend that we're going on. And it was just really cool to see how much success they had this season. Yeah. And, you know, it was cool for us, too. Um, you, know, you know, Ian Clifford lost Friday night, um, and he comes off the mat, and, you know, he was really dejected. He's like, man, I just lost my last two high school matches I'll ever wrestle. Um, and then we're sitting at lunch on Saturday, and all of a sudden we're watching the semifinals, and we're watching the semifinals on our phones. And uh, I text Ian Clifford because he had already went home. I said, Ian, your last two losses were two guys that are in the finals right now. Yeah. I don't think that, you know, and both of those were, were right down to the wire. Um, I think we're, we're a stalling call away in both of them from from winning them. We won both to- coin tosses. We scored first. We just we got a stalling call at, at weird times and um, you know and put us in bad positions. But you know we wrestled right with both of them. That well, Blaine. Um, before we uh, say goodbye on this session, I, I got to ask you, how excited were you for the most exciting moment in sports? The double stalling. <laughs> um, you know what? The double stalling was was actually it was funny. Obviously, we could hear the crowd yelling for it. But I, the best part of that whole match was Kevin White going into overtime. All it takes is a takedown. <laughs> and I think I think the crowd enjoyed it. I think most of the match enjoyed it. But then, right when he said that, what happened? Probably one of the best double eggs of the weekend. Yep. You know, and he drove him right in the mat. And picture perfect. Probably could have been a slam call in any other match. But. I made that comment too. I told AJ I said that very easily could have been a slam, but uh, I don't think somebody's going to have a have a uh, uh, enough gumption to uh, make that stall that uh, slam call on on that uh, finishing the match off like that and stay finals. No, you know what? That was picture perfect, and most people's most 
most uh, old school wrestlers, that was that was beautiful. Um, obviously, in today's world, it's a little bit different, but um, it was it was good to see that, especially in that match that didn't have a lot of action. You know, those guys knew each other very well, and uh, you know, it was nice to see that. You know, one of our uh, many time guests, uh, Tony Abbott. Uh, was on one night, and he said, you know, it comes to some of those heavyweight matches. He said, I'd just soon watch two guys fish. And I thought that that was the statement of the year for a coach on our show. So I think we're going to put yeah. that. When we get our uh, Hager 7 Hershey Zeld High School Wrestling T-shirts, make it up at Team Mantra, I'm going to have that phrase said on there, watching heavyweights <laughs> is like watching two guys fish. <laughs> yeah, some of them can be. But, you know, sometimes you get some that are that are pretty exciting to watch. But, but most of the time, 75% of the time, he's correct. Well, Blaine, we thank you for coming on the show tonight, and we certainly thank you for all the support that you give us and uh, just the conversations that we have throughout the year and the hospitality that you showed us when we traveled to Columbia City twice this year. And uh, I know the schedule is going to change a little bit next year, but we're certainly looking forward to Columbia City and Belmont next season. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit different, a little bit different tone, but uh, hopefully we can continue that rivalry. Hopefully it's more like the, the last round of the Saturday and not, not the first round. For sure. Thanks, Blaine. All right, thank you. And that's been uh, Coach Blaine Culp, Culp of the uh, Columbia City Eagles. And that brings our first period to an end. Any lives, Dane, or not? Yeah, uh, I thought it was really cool how many people from Belmont were there on Friday and Saturday with the really cool shirts that the boys designed. Team Mantra was instrumental in getting that worked out i know i missed my four kids all weekend they came home three of them were wearing their bad boys shirt and uh they they followed the the wrestling all weekend long with ike and with duke and it was really cool to be able to spot somebody two blocks down and say hey there's a belmont guy i wonder who that is you can see that ticket on the back and uh, they team mantra worked really really well with the belmont program this year and sold thousands and thousands of dollars of apparel and we really appreciate what they did. And uh, we we have not passed the point, but we're going to get, you know, this is our last show, but between now and November next year, we're going to have designed the uh, Hager Stephan Hershey Zelda High School Wrestling Weekly shirt at Team Mantra. Kenny said he's going to order one. Kenny, you're going to order a shirt, won't you, our Hager Stephan shirt? There he's going to wear it. He's going to wear it proudly. Well, you know, he's he's been a multiple-time guest for us, too. He may make the podcast tonight, too, if he gets his uh, jumbo plate of nachos done. So, with that, the uh, first period is ended. We'll be back with uh, another guest right after these messages from our fine sponsors. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors, locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. Stop in and ask me for details about our new Beer of the Month Club with all our great variety. We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday, where you get the best savings. Decatur Package Liquor, it's located right on 13th Street. Come on, guys, it's where your friends shop. Winter might be here, but that doesn't mean that we can't think about golf. Give Cross Creek Golf Club a call at 724-4316 or visit their website, crosscreekdecatur.com, for all of your off-season golf needs. Memberships and gift cards make great presents for the golfers in your life. Book an outing for this year, but hurry as they fill up fast. March is just right around the corner. Cross Creek, a proud supporter of Belmont Athletics and Belmont Wrestling.
Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Welcome back to the HS, HZ, HS, WWW, here live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, Rex Burlong with Dane Filling, joined by our special guest. And Dane, this guy knows which side his bread's buttered on, brings us the swag tonight. He did. We he got asked. a couple fort shirts. Says he the hammer for on shirt the back. sizes. So, and we got stickers too. So. Stickers. We I don't bang. know if he gave us an extra one to put on the bathroom stall here at the Double Eagle, <laughs> which is our tradition. But we'll we'll go on for that. Uh, Andy, welcome to the show again. And uh, another season is complete. But as any wrestling coach will tell you, next season started yesterday. Absolutely. Uh, and there's a lot of work. I know. I was lucky enough to be. At practice a little bit last week on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And I don't know how this is at other programs that you've been in or when you were in high school. But, you know, I have a lot of these kids in class. I cried when Doby lost. I, I felt for him. Different kids, Calvin Farouk, Garrett Manley, Isaac Freet, as their seasons were over. But, man, when I showed up to the wrestling room Tuesday to check in with Coach Myers – and there are 12 seniors up there. But there's only two guys left in the season. Sure. Uh, I just think that speaks worlds about what wrestling means to those kids and to the coaches. And, you know, what good did the two senior heavyweights do for Ike and Duke? Sure. The casual observer would say nothing. They didn't do anything. But yet they did. They, they were still there. They were still part of the team. And why would they not be there? You know, uh, Branson Bills hadn't wrestled a varsity match since he was a freshman. Um, wasn't involved at all. He'd never wrestled a varsity match all year. He was still there as part of the team. The expectation was if you're part of the team, you're going to be there until the season's over. And uh, I just think that speaks a lot to, to how seriously kids that wrestle. And, and a lot of people that maybe show up just for the state tournament on Friday and Saturday, they don't realize that level of commitment and how many people are behind each one of those 224 kids who qualified. Sure. It's a, it's a combat sport, right? Band of brothers. <laughs> you, you went to battle with those guys. And uh, uh, truly true teams, and that's what you're talking about is a true team, they bond with each other. And they feel for each other. They're, they went to battle with each other. So they're there to support. And that, that's how my team was. Um, I mean, the, I, I, my last post was, like, we fought as a team. We, we lost as a team. Like, we all went out at semi-state, unfortunately. Um, and I guarantee if we would have had one qualifier, mm -hmm. the whole room – actually, I know the whole room was coming back. I told them they were all coming back because we're, we're, we're going to be a team all year long. And, of course, the challenge now is for a coach, you've got to find a way to keep those kids – on the mat, whether it's freshman, sophomore state, whether it's getting ready for ISWA state. Sure. And I know Coach Myers has, has issued the challenge. Hey, if you want to be part of this Belmont team next year, I expect you to, to be at Indianapolis <laughs> at ISWA state. And you've got, to, you've got to make, and I think maybe the quote that stuck with me the most in the talk that he was giving those kids was, I need you to make an excuse to be there, not an excuse to not 
be there. And so I think when you're, if, if you're looking for your fix of, of high school wrestling in these next six weeks, get on track wrestling and look at those freshman, sophomore state results and brackets. See who shows up. Sure. See, see who, who enrolls at ISWA State and who wrestles and who's putting in the time because those are the kids when you look forward to November and December or even when you look at uh, IPO with the, with the Indiana Mat, who's your preseason open. Those are the kids who are putting in the time and who are getting better. And I think it's hard to tell a 16- or 17-year-old kid, but we've been around long enough to know that kid over there that's better than you, you have to find a way to do as much work as he does plus More. enough work to somehow get better than him. Yep. And, that, and that, that's a lot of time that you have to put into it. And there's a lot of people putting in a lot of time. We saw it this weekend, some phenomenal wrestling. And, you know, it's not easy. And, there's, and everybody wants to talk about enrollment of schools and, well, the big schools, they just win everything. You know what? Where was Lawrence North? Where was Hamilton Southeastern? Where was Fishers? They didn't have placers on Saturday. It just doesn't – you don't just automatically get spots at state because you're big. Sure. you you got to earn it. Sure. And it, it's never – it's never guaranteed. Well, prime example. I mean, I'm Homestead. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big school, right? And Northrop's a big school. I, I had the conversation with my wife today about it. Like, we're driving, and she's asking questions. She's still kind of new to wrestling. Well, let's put it this way. She's not new to wrestling, but with a business, she's in me being the head coach and her kids doing it. She's interested in it now. So she's asking more intriguing questions about how things work and you know, one of three schools in Northeast Indiana in Fort Wayne Semi-State that, it, and, and I told her, we need to produce. Like, we have to produce. And, uh, and that's part of it. But like you're talking about, I got nine kids that have qualified for freshman, sophomore state, and they're going to be there. That's, uh, that's the start, right? And you got to keep them going, keep them going. And you might, you, the season might have ended for a lot of kids yesterday, but, and you might be upset, want to take time off, in quotations, well, is your competition taking time off? Like, that, that's the way it goes now. Like, you you got to be ready to go and get after it. And I think with the advent of this freshman-sophomore state tournament, it has been a challenge for some coaches to try to integrate that. I know um, Coach Gunson a couple years ago and Coach Farrow, Sean Farrow, they said when we printed our schedule poster with the pictures on it that we handed out at the beginning of the year, they said, I want you to put freshman-sophomore state on there. Yep. That is an expectation. Yep. Okay, you didn't make it to the state finals, but there is a legitimate, huge statewide tournament that very much carries weight going into next year. That's something that you should be going to. You know, yeah. I think it, it's difficult. You lose sight of, you start focusing on the varsity season, and then you realize, well, I really need to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm promoting that because those kids need that mat time. They need that experience. Well, the great part about that is, at least for, for me, and like I said, this is only my second year. Uh, as a head coach so a lot of the things I get to do uh, a little bit differently um, I'm able to s tell these freshmen and sophomores you need to stay in the room with the rest of the team because uh, uh, freshman sophomore state the week after state and so then that gives them something to work towards other than just being a dummy in the room you know guys um, <clears throat> the thing that uh, if you think back three years ago Ike Rubel got beat Friday night at 106 what did he do the next week? He went and, he went and won underclassman state. He, he realized what it, what a, how upset he was by getting beat Friday night, and that was the start of the next, to get him to that next level. He's like, 
you know, I got beat Friday night. You don't want to get beat Friday night. So come back and you win the underclassman state. And then the next three years, he's at state finals and, uh, you know, in a state in a It's a solid term. Two years, yeah. I've been there the last few years. It's solid. There's solid kids there. Like, you, you see some of the kids that are, like, radar. Like, you, you're going to see. And you're starting to hear that now in the state finals, right? There's a couple of people, like, freshman, sophomore. They listen to it. Yeah. Absolutely. As one of the, one of the uh, big tournaments. You're right up there with Al Smith. So one of the things that I, I thought was the most intriguing for us the entire weekend and we always love getting a chance to talk to Robert Falcons, IHSAA assistant commissioner. We like to pick his brain. We like to give him a hard time. We like to ask him the tough questions. We don't ask him all the questions that people tell us to ask him. <laughs> Out of politeness, I think, sometimes. Well, we're not going to spoil a good thing. <laughs> uh, but I thought it was really interesting. He mentioned the 2024 state finals, and he said, you know, in 2024, we're going to have new weight classes. And I thought that that was interesting um, because I know that the, 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 the national governing body has put out a new set of weight classes and they've also offered the alternative if I remember right to go, some states will have the option to go to 13 weights or to 12 weights now certainly I don't think Indiana is in any position to drop a number of weights but then he said and we'll probably have a sanctioned girls state tournament too and Rex and I kind of looked at each other and thought, well, he just said that on air. Yeah. We, got it. we got that on tape, boys and girls. <laughs> but, uh, and, and then he came back and he kind of, you know, he, he elaborated a little bit and said that uh, it's going to be presented at the end of this year, and then he think it's going to be well-received, and then that you present it this year, and it goes in effect the year after that. So uh, I think, and, and we asked him, and he said, we're close. We're really close. He said, we, you know, they had 100, 100 schools that had at least one girl. And he said he wants 100 schools to have five or six girls. And uh, that's the level that they need to get to to uh, sanction it. What's your thoughts, Andy? I thought it was 120. Um, I think it, it's <laughs> – The goalposts have moved a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think – I think that they realize what a lot of us have known for at least the last two years. You know, chicken or the egg, I, I – I think they realize now that sanctioning is going to balloon the efforts that, that, that people have done. So I, at first I, I thought that they were a little bit on the other side of the fence where they're thinking, no, we're going to wait until we get all the way to legitimate. But you know what? I bet you if you go back and you look at those first couple of years of the girls' basketball state tournament or the girls' volleyball sure. state tournament in the 60s and the 70s, it wasn't the same as what the boys had at that time. But, you know, now I, I go to a lot of basketball games. There's no difference between the girls' basketball state tournament and the boys' basketball state tournament. They got the same attendance, the same following, the same excitement. Same skill level. Yeah, the, the interesting part to me is how do you – like right now when it's not sanctioned, how do we do it, right? Like, is, like if there's schools that don't have a big coaching staff – to dedicate towards the girls. And I went down to the ISWA Coaches Association and listened to them, um, uh, listened to them talk about how to coach girls a little bit different than guys. I don't have a girl. Like, I mean, I don't have a girl in my family. Like, I have three boys. I don't have any girls. I, I'm not really sure, mm -hmm. like, what the difference. I, I don't understand my wife half the time. So <laughs> it's... it's it, neither, neither do we. It, 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 well, that... But it's a, it's an honest, like, there's a different way. There, 
from what I was hearing, there's a different approach that you need to take. So that it, until we separate it, it's going to be difficult. But at the time we separate it, then Ocampo doesn't get the best competition. And then Ocampo doesn't become a world champion. Like, there's a good possibility that she could because she's at that level. So, like, there's, that, there, there's an argument there to be had. Like, what's the, what's the best for the sport or what? Like, I don't know. I don't have the answers, but there's definite good conversation pieces well, on it. I will tell you what. I, I know from having enough conversations, wrestling coaches adapt. And if any other sport was just thrown an additional team to have to coach – you know, Ed Pandowski is the head wrestling coach at the largest high school in Indiana. And do you think he complained when he had a couple girls come out and he had to go to girls regional and girls state and add to his schedule and add to his – no. He took those girls and he treated them like they were – you don't do that in basketball. And you don't have the same head coach for a boys team and a girls team, but he adapted and so has everybody else yeah we, we had a few before COVID hit um and we went to uh, uh, a girl state at that time but after after COVID and like right about the time i took over like we haven't uh, they just didn't come back mm-hmm. so and wrestling is not a big uh sport at homestead if you guys didn't know yeah. the culture's not quite there not even really sure they put too much on the announcements about it so it's kind of us doing our own thing so you know, I, I talked to Coach P down at the Girls State Finals and, and asked him, you know, what his support was. And he said, I found a girl that's on the rugby team, girls rugby team, that wanted to wrestle. And she told her girls, she said, look, we don't do anything in the off season, And wrestling's right here in this window. She said, we're all wrestling next year. And he said, my eyes lit up. Look at that. He said, I got a whole girls rugby team. You know how tough girls rugby players are? You put them on a wrestling mat, he said, they're going to be the real deal. So he's really excited. Uh, uh, Coach Shepard from Western said uh, he's got a girl that wanted to wrestle, and she's played softball. And she goes, look, whole softball team's going to wrestle next year. She said, we're going to get a full team. You ever watch girls soccer? Like, my son just started doing travel soccer not too long ago. And actually, Jeremy over here, like, I know him from that. My son's on the same travel soccer team. And we're at an event one time, and it's – I think high school girls playing, and I hadn't watched it before, but I'm watching. I'm like, they're mean. Oh yeah. Like I saw some hair pull, like some tripping, and I'm like, they're rougher than the boys are. So, at that time, I was like, all right, they could be wrestlers. Like, so, yeah, I'm, I, I'd be for it as long as you're mean and you get out there and get after it, and you're actually wanting to beat up each other. I'm good with it. Well, you have to tell them you have to like wrestling. Wrestling's not just something you just go out and do for fun. No. You've got to like it. You've got to love it. And you got to own it. And it's not easy. It's, it's not an easy sport to do. And as soon as you figure out it's not easy and you can still live with that, you're good to go. Sure. And I think there is some hesitation in some people who think that it's going to take away from the boys' tournament somehow. Or, you know, we're going to sanction girls' wrestling. And next year, the girls are going to be down there screwing up the schedule for, for game bridge. And, you know, I don't think people realize that that's not really how – things typically work look at girls and boys swimming the girls swimming tournament takes place they complete it then they go to the boys tournament same thing with girls basketball they use sure. the same officials the same facilities that they get the whole thing that's not what that's going to be they're going to be a staggered start the girls may start in october where the boys start in november there's going to be a girls tournament in january who knows where it's going to be it's probably not going to be at banker's life it'll probably maybe it'll be at kokomo yeah a great venue for it we're going to be there, whether there's going to be somebody from Belmont or not, because we're really excited about the sport, and it's going to grow. And I think people 
are so hesitant to accept some change, but I think they don't realize that it's not going to be the change that they think it's going to be. It's not going to di- you don't have to disrupt one to add the other. And if, if anybody in the state thinks that these girls that are wrestling are not serious, they should have been at the girls' state finals. It was just as intense, just as skill-filled as any tournament you're going to see. These girls are talented. You know, we had girls, they, they listed it off their accomplishments. There was five girls ranked in the top three or five in the nation in their weight class. I mean, they put in the time. They travel all over. Ocampo's the, you know, Pan Am champion. I mean, some of these girls, Heather Crawls ranked in the nation. They, they met in the finals. These girls are skilled wrestlers. They're not female wrestlers. They're wrestlers. Yeah, Ocampo made it to the state. So did, well, that's no joke. Like, this is arguably the hardest state in the nation to make it to state in wrestling. So if they're able to do that, no matter where they're coming from, it's impressive. Hey, you can't dog the Fort Wayne semi-state, though. 28? I, we, you know, I, I'm in a constant group chat with three of my best friends, Eric Myers, his brother Andy Myers, and his brother-in-law Jeff Heller, and we talk all season long, all year long, about high school wrestling and, and sometimes the Reds and sometimes other things. But we were keeping track the whole time. And Andy texted me halfway <coughs> through the day, and he said, Hey, Dane, where are we? I said, Hey, we're at 14. Hey, I had that same group chat going yeah. on, just with we, different people. We made it to 14, and then when, once we got to 145, I said, guys, we need three wins. Yeah. If we can get three wins, we can get to 28. Yeah. And by golly, what did we end up with? We ended up with three wins. Of course, we went 5 and 23 Saturday morning, but we'll save that for we'll save that. It's coming, the, right? We'll save that for the third hey, period. Did you remember the one-way class when the four – Finishers at Fort Wayne Seminole State wrestled for the uh, four way class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One six. We had four winners on Absolutely. Friday. I, I was super stoked. We like, also had four losers on Saturday morning, but hey, you know, they all wrestled it, back and placed for medals. Yeah, <laughs> they did. yeah, they did. Well, with that, uh, it's time to take a break. After our first period is ended, we're going to send it back to studio. Steve Rouse running board for Alan Commercial is back with more wrestling talk at the Hagerstep and Hershey's Hill High School Wrestling Weekly here on WZBD. <laughs> DDD Maintenance and Repair, owned and operated by Shane Reynolds, has your local professionals for heavy-duty truck and diesel engine repair. DDD Maintenance and Repair also offers full-service sand and glass blasting for your surface restoration projects. Whether it's getting your heavy-duty truck and diesel engine running like new or sandblasting your project to look like new, we have a blast renewing the past. Give Shane and the guys a call at 260-223-5442. That's DDD Maintenance and Repair. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors, locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. Stop in and ask me for details about our new Beer of the Month Club with all our great variety. We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday where you get the best savings. Decatur Package Liquor, it's located right on 13th Street, Come on, guys. It's where your friends shop. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval, and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker Drywall.
Welcome back to Hager Stephen Hershey's Hill High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Uh, Dane and Andy came in a little bit later than normal. Didn't get to have any uh, food tonight, but uh, they're they're ordering a fresh beverage. Oh, did you get some food in? I got oh, gizzards. Andy, For the first time, I kept hearing you guys talking about it on the radio station. The last two weeks, they were out of gizzards, so you got lucky to get the gizzards. So gizzards good tonight, were they? It was everything I was hoping they would be. There you go. So, uh, Coach... Uh, Join us here in the second period, and Dane, uh, we we like to wrap up the season with uh, talk about state finals, and it's a great environment down there, and uh, you run into people all over the place, uh, and a lot of those people haven't had kids in wrestling or around wrestling for a long time, but you got those people that have made a tradition. They go down to state finals, they're going to go state finals whether they know anybody there or not. If there's no kids from their school or their area, and, but they're, you know, they're the Troy Gerkes and Don Gerkes of the world that say, I'm going to go to the state wrestling finals just for the, uh, the event. Yeah. I, and you know, i I'm on a streak now of five or six years of staying in the same hotel. And there, I think there's something to be said about that too, because people get into a cycle of always being there. And, uh, you know, I got to spend time with Jim Tante, Joe Caprino, Mike Reiser, uh, Paul Maldonado. I met a new friend in Juan Maldonado and just, you see guys, and you see them at breakfast, and you talk about what their day is going to entail, and they say, hey, I'll see you back here tomorrow night, or tonight, I mean. And, and then you talk about the day, and you just share your stories. Hey, what did you think of this? Mm-hmm. Did you really think that that was a, a, a full Nelson? You know, did it Jim, absolutely was, did by Jim, the way. Did Jim Bop miss that? But, Three of them, yeah. You, know, you can't I, grab some others. Go ahead. I, <laughs> I had a different vantage point, so I, I kind of saw it differently, but I think those he made are, up for it with the locked hands. <laughs> Did you see how he locked the hands? Yeah. Was, he yeah, had a hold of him. He took he, the guy, and he, he took his hand yeah. over the top, and he looked like this. And, and then he looked at the ref. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw it. Absolutely. You know, he should have had at least one of the three. So absolutely. I, I think it was even, and that was the point. That was the point yep. you want to match. Yep. I, I would agree with that 110%. But those are the conversations that you absolutely love. Just like the Aiden's break match. Like, I, you know, two stalling points within eight seconds, which I think was deserved, but I don't think that headlock was, was a takedown. And then the out-of-bounds was questionable, so... Hey, it all evened out, and you got the takedown. Isn't it out. funny how yeah. you go to the state finals and you see a situation that you've never seen before? <clears throat> have you ever seen no. somebody? <laughs> like, have you ever seen somebody lift up a kid and then refuse to take him back down? And in it was nuts. In eight seconds, all of us had to think about, well, who is this? Who who has the advantage here? And you're thinking, <clears throat> I I think actually, if they would have stopped the match and let him. Re- turn it would have been to the advantage of the kid who was who was holding him up it was yeah. just a really odd moment and he just held him up there so here's the re- what, le- what leverage do you have when your feet are off the ground so here's the here's the referee's point when we, when we went to that overtime criteria that they they put that in i don't know i don't know halfway through my career it was always told if it's in that 30 second period there's no stalling you don't have to make an attempt to return that guy to the mat so if you pick the guy if the guy's there and he, you're trying to back trip now in that 30 seconds you're trying to ride him out there's no stalling. You can stall in that last 30 seconds. And when you pick a guy off the mat like that, when he made the call for stalling, I'm thinking, I don't think that was the right call. I liked the call for the fact that it looked a little, you know, cheap that the guy was just holding him up. It was, it was two. Yeah. He got two within eight seconds. I love the call because I love Aiden. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm totally good with it. But is it the right call legally for the book? I don't know. It seems like a loophole in the it, rules. It was, it, it, because it, it'd be like carrying someone out of bounds when they catch – yeah. A, a, a football inbounds and uh-huh. you carry him out so it's an out about like if they I don't think it's the right call if they don't have a point touching the ground at any point what leverage do they have to get out of the situation correct yeah I think it was the right call 
it, it was certainly interesting, and it, it, it developed a lot of conversation, whether it was in the bar, whether it was in the hotel, whether it was <laughs> wherever it was. And I think that's what I appreciate the most about those situations. And then you constantly have – I think I had a two-hour conversation with some of the South Adams coaches Friday night about the definition of a historically elite wrestler. We discussed what does it take to be elite – and uh, we had a long talk about can you be elite if you only wrestled 106 and 113 and 120 in your Wait, career. 120? Yeah, no, nah, come well, on now. The 120 yeah. was the, was yeah, the cutoff. Yeah. You throw 120. 120's tough. And so we talked about 106 and 113 and, and, and what that looks like and the, and the different. But those are the conversations that you just cherish because sometimes you go to a Saturday <laughs> tournament and you go to three or four duels, you don't get an opportunity to talk to people. But in this long, drawn-out weekend with its long breaks – you got no choice but to just dive headfirst into those conversations that you have with people. And I, 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 I was so happy all weekend. I, I work with Anton Talamente, so And there's times where you just don't want to focus on work and we'll talk wrestling. And he was obviously a big boy and I was a little boy, so I'm always kind of, you know, talking, you know, yeah, heavyweight, whatever. Like, so we have those back and forth. I get it. You know, I, I have the, the referee's point of view, and I spent a lot of time hanging out with the referees. We interviewed Jim Bopp and and Lonnie Chamberlain, and I hung out in the media room with those guys talking to him. I'm standing in the line waiting to get my fried chicken on Friday, Saturday night, and uh, Elmer Oaks the third is standing in line. I said, your first state? He said, yeah. And I said, I remember my first state. I, said, I was pretty nervous. But then, again, I was technically I was the youngest official I ever get to state finals at 30 years, six months. And I was like two months younger than uh, McNarney out of South Bend. But uh, I said, how'd it go? And he goes, my first match goes overtime. <laughs> he said, not the way you want to start a match on Friday. goes overtime. And he said, I got through it. He said, oh, I he said, I think, I think it's been going okay. But he, it's the nervousness. You know, you're just as nervous to not screw up for a kid that's in the state finals as you are any other match. And if it's your first, it's, it's tough. Well, I made the comment on Saturday night that <clears throat> as I saw Josh Howard walk by in his street clothes and carrying his, his suitcase walking out of the building at 182 or 195, I'm thinking, man, the guy who drew the heavyweight match is probably thinking, why me? Why does it have to be me knowing very well? Everybody knew that's exactly where that match was headed. Yeah. Joe Caprino was screaming it. He loves the overtime. He loves the overtime, the Westfield heavy. You knew that's where it was going to go. And if you're the referee for that match, you're thinking, oh, gosh. So I do Please this. don't stall. Please don't put me in a position to have to decide this match. And uh, it, 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 it was exciting. I, I, I loved the heavyweight match. Some people will probably say it was the worst heavyweight title match of all time, but I, well, I thought it was fun. Of course, you know, I talked to Jim Tante this morning, and, and they were really upset because they felt like in the semis – they lost because of the coin toss, because they didn't score first in the semifinals. There's no good way to decide that. No. And, and when, when you got two guys who aren't really willing to commit to scoring a takedown and they just want to get their escapes and, and then pummel yeah. the rest of the time. It's better in the way it used to be. Yeah. When it was a three-mat judges, it was a referee's decision. Yeah, I think that guy's better. Boom, you raise his hand. What year was that? Back before you were born, probably. 1949. Yeah, I had it. But So we were talking about state finals matches. I had a state finals in 93, 94. I drew all the rotation. And these guys got mixed up a little bit. I had rotation. You screw me in my match, did you? Thank you. I did. No, I didn't. I think so. But I had 106 and heavyweight both years. 
So 106, you get all jacked up. You do the first match, and then you sit for three hours. And then you got to get warmed up again for the heavyweight. And two years in a row, I had that uh, Schaefer kid from, like, Mount Vernon or had, wore the big cowboy hat and, da- and Damon Hummel in the finals. They wrestled two years in a row in the state finals. Ended the same way both years. I had both those matches. And those heavyweights, it wasn't like watching two guys fish. They lit it up. <laughs> and it's like... Here I was, I was half the size of both of them, and they were flying around throwing headlocks, and they were both big, agile heavyweights, and it was great matches, and nobody went to sleep on those matches. Well, with that, we're going to end our third period and send it back to the studio, and we'll be right back after these messages. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery in Decatur, Indiana. We are celebrating 75 years in business with three generations of Heller still working. During these winter months, we have a great selection of pottery and houseplants in our greenhouses. New shipments in weekly, and stay up to date with Heller Nursery on Facebook. Stop in at Heller Nursery for a breath of fresh air. Don't forget, Heller Nursery is open seven days a week, including Sundays. Check out hellernursery.com for our spring tree and shrub options. Brad Weber proudly supports the WZBD Wrestling Coaches Show. He also supports youth football in Adams County as a board member of the Decatur Football League and president of Belmont Cadet Football, giving our youth the chance to learn the great game of football. Some of the best football players in our area have also been fantastic wrestlers. That's why famous coaches like Joe Gibbs and John Madden always wanted wrestlers on their team. Find out more about youth football opportunities by giving Brad a call at 452-7045 or email bw at bradweberlaw.com. Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Welcome back to Hager Seppin Hershey's Zelda High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle here at Cross Creek once again, live from Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Still joined by our coach, Andy Oberlin, who is a coach of Homestead High School, along with the uh, Fort Wrestling Facility, which I uh, got my, uh, my hammer shirt on. That, uh, he was kind enough to bring us, and actually I, I bumped my gable there night and I said, I was looking for that EMD shirt, Mike. He said, you'll get one. I know. I'm, I'm excited about that. Before we uh, talk to Andy about what he's got going on, at the fort, I want to fill you in on WZBD's schedule for the rest of the week. Tomorrow night, you'll listen to Matt Painter as he talks about their win over Rutgers just about a half hour ago. Then on Tuesday, we've got Lakewood Park at South Adams as the boys' basketball regular season is wrapping up this week. Then on Thursday, it's the Sport of Bargain Hunting radio auction. I hope that you are ready. And then on Friday, we've got Jay County at Belmont. It's senior night for the boys' basketball team. On Saturday, it'll be the high school basketball coaches show for the final time this season. And then on Saturday afternoon, I believe, we've got Purdue at Michigan State in basketball. And then we will also be carrying live on the IHSAA network 
some of the games from the IHSAA Girls State Finals. And, uh, Andy, I don't know if you're a motorsports fan, but Rex knows that I'm a big racing fan. Daytona 500 today. Next week, WZBD carries all the IndyCar races. We're one of the flagship stations for their network. Next week's the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, and I'm really excited about the, uh, the IndyCar season that's to come. And then next week we've got high school basketball sectional. They came out. Our buddy Greg Rakestraw and our other buddy Bob Lovell were on it today, 5 o'clock to 7 o'clock, and they told us that we are going to be able to carry all three county high school basketball sectional games in the first round. Tuesday early, Tuesday late, Wednesday early, we're going to be able to get all three in, and that's what WZBD does, ZBD does hey, is cover your, everything. Look at your schedule Sunday night. I don't have to work next Sunday night, do I? You do not. You can enjoy next Sunday. I don't really know what this thing called a weekend is. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out. He's a out. musical performer that has an album out yes, last year. Blinded the weekend. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what I'm going to do on the weekend. I know my wife has a long list of things that she wants me to do around the house and uh, there's some things around the farm that I need to do but I have I have two houses to fix up I have two daughters having babies and they just bought two houses so here's the rule when your kids get houses that's another house that you have that's to take what care you've of got. well Andy awful. before we go off the air on the radio why don't you tell us a little bit about what's coming up in the near future for the fort um, so obviously we have the 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 little hammers which is 12 months out of the year uh, we do it Monday and Thursday, 7.30, or 6.30 to 8. Um, uh, Josh Book is one of the head coaches. Nick Duke has been helping out. He's one of the coaches. Um, Anton Talamantes and myself step in there. We have uh, Krause from uh, Garrett that comes up. We have a bunch of coaches. Uh, uh, Marsh that helps out. Uh, Sam Reason's a huge help on it. We just have a bunch of uh, local coaches that come in and help out the youth. Um, some of them have kids, some of them don't. Some of them are just there to, to help coach, which is awesome. Got a couple Carroll coaches in there. It's just a uh, good experience as far as that goes. Um, we'll have the big hammers coming up, so we're going to open it back up with the high schoolers. Uh, Anton usually runs that, and I'll run some of those practices, and I'll get some other uh, guest people in there. Not sure about the times on that, but this week will be Wednesday at 7 and uh, Thursday at 8, uh, training for the freshman, sophomore. Um, February, we'll get our stuff going on. Our uh, March will get our schedule going on. I just did today finalized our our main uh, camps for the summer. I got Kenny Monday coming March 27th doing two sessions. We're going to focus on freestyle. Um, that one's a personal for me. Like he was my childhood. Like I looked up that like, that was the wrestler back in the day um, that that I followed. And then uh, we got a Latora leg camp coming June 4th through 5th. Then we have the Perler camp that's going to be like the 16th through the 22nd. We're going to divide it into two days for youth five days for uh, middle school and high school and then i got jordan booked for uh the middle of october that's going to do a, a friday saturday sunday kind of thing as far as the camps go um so all of that information can be found on your website as those dates draw closer yeah i'm going to start putting those all on tonight by all week. means go up there not just for the camp but go up there for one of the live nights get yourself you know, familiarize with the facilities up there and uh, get signed up for those camps. If you've got a kid anywhere from the age of seven or eight years old all the way up until uh, high school, you know, those are great opportunities to learn from people from outside of the state, to broaden your horizons as to, to what's going on and to learn some new things. And uh, I think what you're doing uh, is great. And certainly we discovered this weekend, not that we discovered it, we already knew. There's still a lot of work to be done. 
a lot of things to get really excited about. I thought that Hayden Brady's win to reach the semifinals, I was so happy for him. McAravey, baby. <laughs> of course, you know, it, you look at those situations and you think, how did Hayden Brady finish ahead of Ike Rubel? How did Logan Allman finish ahead of Landon Birch? But that is our state tournament. Yeah. Our state tournament is fall in line behind somebody and just keep losing to them because eventually you're going to get to the point where they're done and you're still going. <laughs> And yeah. that's how it works. And everybody's like, oh, you know, this weight's really tough at my regional. Well, good. Like, that's great. Look at all those guys at 138 with Litchfield. They just kept on winning. Litchfield fell off to the side, and they kept going. Yeah. All those guys at 160, you know, they, 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 it didn't matter how they finished at semi-state. They all four won on Friday, and they, and they kept moving on and, and were there and getting medals. And, you know, I think we've got three or four medalists who are who are returning in that weight class next year. Well, Dane, after you and I have done, what is it, 20 shows? I think we're on show number 20. 20 shows this week, at, this season, and uh, we want to thank all of our sponsors. I'd like to thank Steve, who always runs the board for us on Sunday night. I'd like to thank all the fans that come out here, and uh, it's been a great season. See the huge, the huge crowd here that's here tonight. <laughs> And uh, we'd like to thank all those people, and uh, it's been a great season, uh, season number two in the can, right? And with that, I'd like to sign off, and we're going to go to podcast here. And uh, thanks for listening to Hager Sipner Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling, Wrestling Weekly for 2022. All right, Steve, we're in the podcast mode. You're listening to 92.7 FM. we bring Kenny over here. So, we are here on the pod, and, uh, oh, of course, now I just get notice that uh, Clint Guard. that we got Clint Guard's phone number. Let me uh, send him a, a quick text here, and we'll see if we can get him on. Uh, Andy, were you there all weekend? Yes. What was your favorite moment? Personal moment. Take, take business owner, take coach. What was your favorite moment that you were just like, God, I'm so glad that I was here for this? I, 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 Aiden Sprague's match. Like that, I've watched, I've watched a lot of wrestling, but that was the craziest match I think I've ever watched. The finish, I mean, yeah, maybe. As a personal thing, I wanted to see him just blow the kid out of the water, but for excitement reasons, I get, as I get older, I realize, like, you know, it's about getting that blood pressure up and, and what excites you. That was a phenomenal, awesome match to watch. Like, he he didn't give up. Like, and that's the thing. Like, you you've watched wrestling long enough. Like, you'll you'll know that sometimes a wrestling match doesn't go the way it should, or you think it's going to go, or just gets crazy. And it got crazy, and the kid ended up finishing. And I was super impressed with it. It was awesome. And I know from our perspective, we spend so much time talking to coaches at different tournaments on this show. You look at a guy like Sam, and you're just so happy for him. Put so much time in for so many years. You know, everybody deserves a state placer, but that's the beauty of the sport. There's only 112 of them. We've got 307 schools with wrestling, and only 112 Get to be state placers. Yep. Can I throw one more? And out that there? that only comes that only comes from fifty or sixty schools. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, correct. So yes, throw yeah. us one more. Uh, Jared Landa's um, of Carroll uh, winning Friday night. Like I watched that kid work his 
butt off over the summer, like nonstop work his butt off. You don't always get what you deserve in the sport, right? You can say you get what you earn, you get what you deserve. It doesn't always happen. And I truly felt that kid put the work in um, and got what he earned. And, and that was great to see. That, that, that to me was, was pretty cool. We're, we're, worth, the pri- worth the price of admission in the hotel rooms and taking my family down there and doing the whole shebang. I had a chance to talk to Joe uh, yesterday and today and got to spend a little bit of time with the Carroll kids. Didn't get to speak with, with Jared, but just two really nice kids that qualified for them. I know there was a lot of controversy at semi-state and a lot of yelling and a lot of booing, but I think once you take a step back and you realize those are just kids, I saw two really, really nice kids with a coaching staff that really cares about them and really wants them to do well, and I was really happy that, that, that Carol was definitely able to, to get a medal. Yes, and, and I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Garrett, too. Uh, I was pretty uh, happy to see Hayden Brady make it to uh, the semis. Um, all the, I'm a local guy. I, I like that stuff, and, and I, was, I was happy to see Duke get fit. I was happy to, yeah, I was happy to see all of it as far as the local kids go. Yeah, just five semifinalists. Um, I thought Dial Capone looked really good this weekend. He's a freshman, he, man. He was not. <laughs> Did you? You know, we've seen him twice now. We've seen him twice wrestle Drake Buchanan. That's he's on a different level. But I think beyond that, I think we saw just how good he can be. Did you see Gunnar Henry from Brownsburg? He's a ninth grader. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, Pone admitted to Victoria Jacobson. I don't know if you read the Journal Gazette this morning. He admitted to to Victoria that he probably didn't have his full focus in that third and fourth place match and said he really (laughs) felt like he had a chance to to move forward and make the finals. But I think what you saw, what Buchanan did in the entire tournament, I think you have to tip your hat to him. And I know there's been, I had a lot of conversations with people who were like, man, I was really disappointed when I lost this match. But then I look back and I think, yeah, he's pretty good. Like yeah. Duke Myers took fifth. The only kid who beat him in the in the state tournament, he avenged that loss. And then the only other loss he had beyond that was a kid that took him down six times. Yeah. And a state champion in Jay Conway. Tip your hat and you say, that was as good as I was going to do. You know, he could beat by Cody Goodwin. Goodwin makes the finals too. So, But I tell you what, uh, it, for those consolation matches, sometimes those guys check out. When they get that first loss, they check out. They're done. I mean, they don't come back and... If you're one of those guys come back and you still have a little fire left in the yeah. in in the furnace, you come back. You're going to take that consolation mm-hmm. match because you know that guy is checked out. He's just not there yeah. mentally. So yeah. let's give our kudos to our to our three fifth placers from Adams County. Yeah. We had we had three guys who stepped, and not that Logan Allman didn't step up. I, Logan Allman wrestled really really well. They the, did the, announce him as fifth though, didn't they? They made that mistake. The Mishawaka kid got up there, and they named Logan Ullman as the oh, fifth I place. I didn't, I didn't hear I, that part, but I, he was I, I right there. Yeah, you know, the Mishawaka kid's like, what? He was right there with Walker uh, in that match and, mm-hmm. and could have done a lot more. But, but Hirely, Rubel, uh, Duke Myers, they all came back from Saturday morning losses. They all won the next two matches and got fifth. And it certainly made the weekend a lot more palatable for a lot of people, but that's not really what it's about. It's more about the pride that those kids had for their schools and their careers and, and moving forward and doing the best that they could. Personally, I've coached uh, quite a few fifth placers. And to me, you know, that stress is still there in that quarterfinals. And you see kids free up after they get that loss. 
Uh-huh. Like it's no, you truly get to see how they wrestle the next couple matches because they're not that stress isn't there, and and, and they 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 get after it like like you were talking about. You know, we we watch uh, Blake Harley just dominate everybody this year. You know, Barquette comes up to ninety five and who's a phenomenal wrestler makes the finals. You know, gives me this loss. But when you see him wrestle Juan Grange, you see that that's another level. Yep. That's another level. He stoned him. I mean, got no smelling. And then Harley comes back to the console match and just dominated that kid. But then you get in the finals and like, oh, uh, Christian Carroll says Juan Grange is my guy. He, 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 coach, he wrestles me and coaches me up when I go out and wrestle Super, Super 32 and Fargo and stuff. But he's been my teammate. So they're right there. So those two guys are at this elite level. You talk about elite wrestlers. And Harley's right below them. But you know that there's a different level that they're not at yet. Hey, speaking of moments of the, of the weekend, Kenny, I know that you were, you were there. <laughs> Did you ever think you'd have a kid admit that he was stalling at the end of the match? <laughs> oh, I hundred percent because that he was, was. That it was, was hilarious. It, it was worth it though. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he knew what he was doing. But the the double stall call in the finals too, like, I, man, when, the stalling's never going to end in this match. It needed to be called. Too. I thought. It I is. thought after he, after he hit double stalling, and then later on, because I was sending text to all my guys, I said. Most exciting moment in sports, the double stalling call. And then he hit him again with the double stalling. I, I saw it coming. I, I, I corrected my text and I said, I checked that. Most exciting sport or moment in sports, the double double stalling call. <laughs> then I thought with three or four seconds left in regulation, hell, you might as well hit him again with double stalling <laughs> just because you can. Well, I was kind of nervous at that point in time for the official because yes. after the kid took the shot on Conway, yep. like yep. that was the first action. I was like, does he have the. Cajones to ring up yep. Conway and give that match to the other kid. He in the could third have period. very easily. He should have, in my yeah. opinion. Like, yeah. like I thought, I thought it was there. He, t- he's the one that took the risk, took the shot. I mean, it was one A, one B with those kids. But man, I thought he could have rung him up for sure. All right, we talked about it earlier in the show, and I, Rex, I'm going to ask you to get your technology back out because I have made contact with Clint Guard, and I do think that this is worth uh, an interview. So we're going to wait for, for Rex. He's shaking his head at me. Well, you it's know, okay. I, I have four ports, so you just took the stick mic away from Kenny. He'll have to put the headset on. Well, that's, that's okay. okay. We'll, we'll take it away from him for just a second. But I think that what we saw yesterday, and certainly we need to celebrate it as a semi-state, to see a guy come through the Coliseum and to, to finish it off. You know, like, like Joe said yesterday, Fort Wayne semi-state now, the cradle of heavyweight state champions oh after, heavyweight factory after winning two years in a row you know i was telling a couple people yesterday from the Maryville or from the east chicago somebody said hey said hey you guys are only as good as the last match that was wrestled and you know fort wayne we won of course rochester's only been in our semi-state for what, what has it been two or three years because they were going over there back to east chicago but well, hey we'll take them we'll, we'll keep them five seven four we're going to give Clint's number to everybody's listening. Well, that's what I told Andy, too. Like, he's like, I'm going to work really hard and get a state placer. And I was like, the best thing and easiest way to do it is just find you a heavyweight. <laughs> Here we go. Hello. Hey, is this the semi-state winning coach of the Rochester Series? It is, yes. Is this Dane? Yeah. Hey, that was Rex. This is Dane. Clint. Uh, we've just spent an hour uh, talking about Marshall Fishback, and uh, I I mentioned that I thought that the moment of the tournament, and I'm not sure if you even realize what you were doing, but 
when Greg Rakestra was interviewing Marshall and he was talking about you getting him into wrestling, man, I saw a tear rolling down your face. And you were just kind of slumped back in your chair trying to take it all in. But what a special moment for you, for your team. You've had an exceptional season all the way from team state to winning a semi-state title as a team. But I think the icing was on the cake at 285 yesterday. Yeah, it's been a pretty crazy weekend. Um, so, yeah, I didn't know that I was going to be on TV. <laughs> um, I thought the camera would be on him. Uh, from the one next to me. So, I, yeah, I just wanted to sit there and just kind of take it in. That's my first uh, wrestler I've ever had in the finals. Um, Marshall's a pretty special kid. Um, and I just kind of wanted to take it all in. And next thing I know, people are texting me and telling me, oh, my gosh, you're on TV. And, um, you know, the look on my face and the smile. And, yeah, and uh, it was um, when he mentioned me and uh, I think back to – uh, Marshall and I have a pretty long relationship back in from elementary school. Um, yeah, I mean, it just kind of came full circle, and it, you know, it kind of hits you, and it's a pretty emotional deal. For sure, and I know we all, as we were talking about it today, just, you know, gushed over, over the idea of recruiting a kid who hadn't wrestled his entire life from the time he was four or five years old and being able to put the work in over two or three years and to see those results come in front of 10, 12,000 people and uh, a bunch more people watching across the state on TV, that had to be a really good feeling of validation for you as a coach and just a mentor of young people. It was. Um, you know, Marshall, uh, so Marshall wrestled for, for us in our club way, way, way back. Um, I'm guessing kindergarten and maybe first grade. Um, and, you know, he wrestled heavyweight, um, obviously. So he didn't get a whole lot of matches. We'd take him to tournaments and, um, you know, he might get one match if that. Or sometimes he'd come home with just a medal or a ribbon and not wrestle any matches. But um, so his dad, it, it's a pretty interesting story. And I, and I haven't really put it out there a lot because I don't feel – I'm not always comfortable given all the information. Um, but Marshall's so – Somewhere in that in that second grade year, Marshall's dad passed away of a massive heart attack, and um, his dad really really loved wrestling, and we got along really well. He's one of the, I, I always describe him as a good old boy. He just was a good old Rochester guy, and um, you know I didn't when that happened I didn't see Marshall um, again until really probably his seventh grade year. So we're talking five or six years later. Um, and we started kind of working on him to try to get him to play football at the middle school. Um, he really wasn't into sports. He, he wasn't playing football. He wasn't wrestling. He wasn't doing anything. And uh, so we started working on him to try to get him to play football and wrestle. And um, he, he wrestled. I'm sorry. He played football uh, at the middle school, really fell in love with it. Um, you know, his seventh and eighth grade year, but we could just never, we could just never get him over that hump with wanting to wrestle again. And, you know, I don't really know why my guess is it had a lot to do with, with his dad. Um, but it just, it took us, you know, you think from his seventh grade year to his 10th grade year, we just really had to work on him and work on mom. And, um, I know last night he made the comment that I called her every day. That's not true. <laughs> um, 
but I, but we did communicate a lot. And, um, you know, finally his sophomore year, uh, he really uh, kind of expressed interest to, to us. And um, he said, if you can get my mom, if you can get my mom, if you can convince my mom, I'll do it. So, you know, I just, I called her one day and I said, listen, just give us a shot. We'll, you know, I promise you his grades are going to be better. I promise you he's going to be in better shape for football. We'll take care of Marshall. We'll make sure he doesn't get hurt, but we'll, you know, he'll, he'll become one of ours and we'll take care of him. And, um, and she trusted us finally. And, you know, then, then the rest is kind of documented, but a lot of people don't really know that backstory. And, um, you know, it's pretty important. Um, and it kind of adds to that whole, you know, that whole, I guess, mystique of a kid who, you know, started wrestling as a sophomore serious about it anyway. And, but it's, I think it's kind of important for people to understand why uh, possibly he, he didn't compete and losing his dad, I know was a big thing. And we've talked about that a lot over the last couple of years as he's had more success. And, um, he lost his dad right around the time I lost my dad. So, um, we've had those conversations and I've been able to build that rapport with him. And, um, you know, when I, when we talk about it, I always talk very fondly of his dad. He was somebody I really, really liked and we got along well. And, um, you know, it was just a really unfortunate thing, but, um, you know, now he's done it and he's, he's a state champ. And I mean, what a, what a tremendous story for a kid like Marshall. So Clint, so Clint this is Rex Brewer. Um, Hi Rex. Um, I'm one of those guys old enough in uh, old enough. I'm the old guy in this group here. The old enough that uh, I refereed your matches when you were just a, just a pup, and uh, to oh, see yeah. to yeah. see you come up and uh, take over the reins of that uh, Rochester uh, program and, and have success. It's, it's really good to see you know the dedication that you've put in, and I just uh, want to congratulate you on all the success and tell you that uh, I got little uh, ties to Rochester. My mother was born in Rochester and has a lot of family in Rochester, so uh, okay. a lot of sleigh balls and Geigers over there that uh, she's oh, yeah. related to. So. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, my grandma used to take me over to Rochester. So uh, kind of a little bit of an inside tie to the old zebras. I don't know if he's uh, – I appreciate you pointing that out. I don't know if you're uh, – if you know, uh, but I had a young man named Josh Slayball that wrestled for me for a year or two. Um, back in the late 90s, early two, 2000s, I think it was. Um, so when you say that Slayball name, I don't know if you if you're related or not or know who Josh is, but most likely very well could be. Clint Dane Filling here again, and uh, I I just think your story uh, I didn't know all of that background. It reminds me a lot of a, a young man that Belmont has, and I think it speaks a lot to it doesn't really matter the success. I like hearing you say that you told mom we're going to take care of him, we're going to make him part of the family. Belmont's got a young man who uh, was thrown into the fire as a freshman because they didn't have a heavyweight, and uh, he ended up losing a parent as a sophomore and had to switch schools and, and went away from the team. But when he eventually came back to the team, you know, to be real honest, there was no place for him in the varsity lineup. That, sure. You know, he, he didn't have much success, but, you know, he was embraced by the team. Uh, Everybody wanted him back. They encouraged him to come back to the team to practice. And I was just telling Andy Oberlin here from Homestead earlier in the show that uh, this week, Tuesday and Wednesday, before the state finals, when it was just down to Ike and to Duke, you know, there's this kid who hasn't wrestled a varsity match in three years. He's still showing up to practice. 
even though yeah. you know he lost his opportunity to 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 win a varsity spot six weeks ago, and uh, I just think that speaks a lot to the sport that that we're all that we all love and that we're involved in, that a parent can trust the coach and know that they're going to be taken care of, and it doesn't really matter whether he's the state champion like Marshall is, or or, or whether he's just a JV kid like Branson at Belmont. Sure. But uh, I, I, I like the similarity in those two stories and the differences. Well, I think the thing that you find, and, and I've found this over the years, um, you know, kids will gravitate will gravitate to where they feel safe. Um, they'll gravitate to where people kind of pull them in and obviously are empathetic. Um, you know, and we, you know, it sounds like Belmont kind of has that same thing. I, you know, obviously I have tremendous respect for Belmont. They're uh, as I was, as Rex said, was I was coming up and kind of trying to figure out my way a little bit. One of the things I wanted to do was try to emulate how some, some small schools had success. You know, if you schools like and Belmont has a huge, uh, tremendous history. Um, so this is no slight to them, but trying to do what a Brownsburg or trying to do what a Evansville Modern Day does or a Warren Central or you know, name any big school in the state, a Mishawaka, Penn. If if small schools try to emulate what they do, it's I I found that your success is going to be hard um, because you just don't deal with numbers. You have to do it a little bit different at a small school. Um, and by different, I just mean the culture is more important. And I have found that out probably in the last 10, 15 years that you have to create a culture where kids want to come because you don't have the numbers. Kids don't just want to walk through your door or, or won't just walk through your door. Um, and that's what we've tried to do, you know, and it takes a long time um, to kind of get that going, uh, especially if you've never had tradition. And so that's the thing I kind of found with Marshall. And I found this year, especially we've, we have, you know, we had 37 kids on our roster, which is a huge number for a school our size. Um, Usually we're in that 20 to 22 range. Um, but one thing I found is when you have, and I was talking to our newspaper guy about it today, just when you have kids that really care about other people and they're empathetic and they want to see other people succeed um, and they're aware of what each person uh, brings to the table and maybe, uh, you know, what is going on in their life, uh, it kids want to be a part of that. Kids want to be somewhere where they can, thrive and work hard and be a part of something where everybody cares about each other and so your young man i, I think you said his name was branson yes it doesn't surprise me because where else would he would he want to be you know um it, you know you guys welcomed him back with open arms and treated him like one of the family no matter what he could do for you whether it was a win or or a state championship or whatever and you know, I'm not surprised by that because kids nowadays are looking for something to be a part of because, I mean, we all see it. We all see what's going on in the world and the division and everything that, that you know, that's happening with gender equity and racial equity and everything you can talk about. And, um, and just being nice to people, you know, where's that going in our society? And if you can create a culture like that, kids want to be a part of it. And I think that's one reason... Belmont's probably been able to sustain that other small schools. And, and I think that's one reason for our success. I mean, kids, kids will gravitate towards people who care about them and where they feel safe. And 
you know, if you can provide that opportunity for kids, I think um, eventually you're going to have success, you know? Um, so I think, you know, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty big deal at schools our sizes. You know, we have to, we have to do things a little bit different. Well, coach, I thank you for your story and I certainly congratulate you. As I said earlier in the show, I, I just think, and I, I even admitted, I think uh, we, we missed the boat on you guys when it came to team state seating. You far exceeded our expectations. I congratulate you on what you did in January. And then we spent the whole week of semi-state talking about how Adam central was the favorite. <laughs> yeah, and, we, we, hey, you know what? That's okay. We, we liked uh, coming in under the radar and we knew it was, I mean, Hey, Adam central's tough. Um, you know, I respect, uh, coach Curry. Um, I know we don't know each other well, but, um, you know, I respect the heck out of him. His kids are hard nosed, tough kids. Um, and some really good athletes. They're, they're two 20 pounders, a handful. And, you know, Brady got a chance to wrestle him again this week and, and this weekend and really wrestled him much better the, the second time. But, um, you know, I just, we weren't sure, but we we felt like we had a team that that could be right there in the running, and it was fun. I mean, it's you know it's been an enjoyable year, and we think we have a team coming back next year that can be just as good. And speaking of but next we like year, flying under <clears throat> the radar. So if you forget us, forget about us again, that's okay. <laughs> speaking of next year, how excited are you guys to have uh, Lane Horn in your room? Here, Clint. We're gonna. We gotta oh, pass I, the, we got to pass the. We got to pass the phone over. Hey, Clint, this is Kenny. I, just a quick question. I want to know how excited you guys are about having Lane Horn in the room next year. I'm. Can you? I'm having trouble hearing you. Can you say that again? Yeah, I just kind of curious how excited you are to have Lane Horn in the room next year. Oh, we're really excited. We got. Uh, you know, Lane is coming in. Um, Brant Beck is coming in. Uh, both those guys were middle school state champs. Um, so we're really excited about those two guys. Um, they've been, you know, obviously Lane is very, very well known and he's got a lot of championships and hundreds of matches under his belt. Um, so we're excited for Lane. Um, we think Lane can contend, um, you know, for a state title at 106. Um, so we're real excited for him. We're excited for Brant. We've got, uh, another young man who most people probably don't really know about. He, he actually broke his, uh, femur last year during middle school wrestling uh but his name is matt crossland he placed uh at 185 i think for middle school state um so we're real excited about those three guys i have my son declan who um was two and two at middle school state um so we've got four really solid eighth graders that are going to be coming in and we're we're pumped for all those guys we think um we think even though we're losing marshall and caleb schaefer our 182 pounder um, we think we're going to be much deeper next year um, with the addition of those guys and just some some other kids we have coming up that, that are going to fill in. And, you know, you, you guys know how kids grow. So uh, just kind of looking ahead, we've, uh, we're excited. We're, we're really pumped up for our kids, and our guys are excited about next year. And um, we're going to try to ride this momentum. You know, as, as you guys know, over in that area, small schools – it, this is not, at least in our area, at least for us, this is not a yearly thing. This is, you have to really be intentional and stay on top of it. And it's it's hard to rebuild or just come back and reload. And, um, you know, that we think for the next few years we have an opportunity to do that. So 
we're really looking forward to it. Lane's a great kid. Um, all four of those guys that I mentioned are really good kids, but um, we're, we're excited for Lane. Our coaching staff really likes Lane a lot. Um, I think Lane likes our coaching staff, and, you know, his dad, Travis, wrestled for me back in the 90s, and um, they do a lot of wrestling. So um, he'll, be, he'll certainly be well prepared. Well, Coach, we thank you for uh, the impromptu invitation and uh, acceptance of coming on the show for the podcast. And uh, just sure. w- once again, want to congratulate you, and you are certainly welcome next year to make your way over to Decatur to uh, come in person to sit here with, with me and Rex and maybe with Andy and Kenny and uh, just talk high school wrestling for an hour. Yeah, I'd love to do that. You guys just keep me posted and let me know, and I'll come over anytime. Perfect. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, guys. Uh-huh. Well, once again, I, I think that's just a great example uh, of a guy who works hard and has worked hard for decades who got rewarded, you know. It, and like he said, this is not a yearly thing. We certainly know that. We talked all this week. Adams County hasn't had a state champion since 2009. It's not something that just that just happens. Uh, it, it, it takes a while. You, you, you have to cherish those runs. And not everybody that you think is going to be a state champion ends up getting it done. And, you, and you've got to appreciate those things. And you have to, to temper your expectations and realize that you don't have to win a state title to be proud of a kid. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just super happy for him listening to that interview that, you know, I'm more excited about Rochester winning than Crown Point breaking the record for most points scored oh, absolutely. in a in tournament. Opinion, yeah. Absolutely. Well, you had asked Andy earlier, like, what his favorite moment was. And I, and I was kind of, I kind of reflected that question back to myself when I was sitting over there thinking. I was just sitting there with my son, and we were watching, we were watching the tournament. And I was like, oh, well, who are you rooting for? Like, who do you like? And he's like, well, I like Ike Rubel, and I like Aiden Sprague, and I like Evan Dickey. And I was like, Evan Dickey? He's like, well, yeah, all these kids are really nice to me. Like, he, he knows them. And then he's like, and then we talk, you talked a little bit about Landez earlier. And he's like, I'm rooting for Landez. And I was like, well, how do you know Landez? He's like, well, I've spent, you know, time at the fort, and I've spent time at Carroll wrestling with those kids because he's friends with those kids. And he's like, I, every, everywhere I go, I see him, so I'm rooting for him. And then he's talking about he was wrestling Aiden from Bollinger from Delta. He's like, he's a really nice kid, too. And I think, and then watching Mendez at the end, like, signing autographs for people and, you know, going out of his way to take photos, I thought, man, these wrestling parents are doing such a phenomenal job with these kids. And they're just, you know, I just, they're, the kids are really fortunate to have now, the parents they do. Now, did Jesse Mendez come across to you as such a class act for that, for his speech? I mean, he, uh, the crowd loved him, and he was not bragging bragatory just he's just the real deal um i know that i was pretty close to a, another four-timer that uh <laughs> i think did not have the same attitude not a lot of people like that young man but uh i tell you what jesse mendez is a crowd favorite and when you can say that indiana has the um the number well they call him the number one ranked 138 pounder in this in the nation number two overall ranked and uh, the number one recruited wrestler um the, in, the state of Indiana was behind him. Oh, 100%. I've read it and on the message boards, and I've heard it from other people about what a class act he is. But to actually really, truly see it in person and be like, yeah, these people weren't lying. You know, they weren't, you know, just kind of stretching the truth. The kid is actually the real deal. 
a hundred percent good human being. And I think that's what we're trying to go for with our own kids. Now, Dane, did you, did you know that Jesse Mendez had wrestled in the uh, living room of the cottage at Crooked Lake of the Rubles? I, I did not know. I did see a lot of uh, living room slash carpet wrestling this weekend. I walked by the, uh, but you know, doesn't that say, I mean, I don't know when you guys first went or what age you were, but I remember going as a kid and you'd go and watch at Market Square and then you came back and that's all you wanted to do. I I vividly remember clearing out the furniture in a hotel room and wrestling whoever was staying in your room. (laughs) I've done it as a coach. And I think it just, you know, I, I, I'm so excited about what I want to do next season after this weekend. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to get ready. I want to be prepared for this and that. And, I, you know, it's, well, it's, it's inspiring to, to, to push you off into the off season, But then you realize, hey, we only got to get through, let's see, March, April, May, June, July, <laughs> August. And then by the end of August, we're talking about IPO. We're talking about getting ready for when the first – you know, practice of the season is. And then we're talking about the, the first episode of season three of, of High School Wrestling Weekly. I now, that's the best part of it. <laughs> I can see the email to Rob Weaver tomorrow. <laughs> Rob, I want to start on Halloween. <laughs> Why we stop? We did start on Halloween this year. Why stop? Just go podcast all the way through. First that's of October. There we go. We Kenny's could, talking. Let's, he wants to go podcast I all year long. I podcast all we year. Could, we, could go we, with a, we could go with a monthly off-season podcast. would be a lot of fun. Easily. That would be fun. Well, and I was like, you were mentioning that earlier. I was talking to a, a friend of mine, his, his wife, they just got married and like, they've got a couple of kids that just started wrestling and, and she's new to all this. And, and I was like, we were at the state tournament. I was like, you're about to see why all of us are crazy. I mean, you're going to actually get the real deal. Why we care so much, what this weekend means to everybody. And then afterwards she's like, oh my gosh, I, I actually do see it. I see why you guys are so involved. Why you, you know, want to keep this going. Yeah, and like I said earlier, and this is no slight to anybody that we cover. It, my weekend would not have been dulled by Duke and, and Ike and all those boys losing on Friday night. I, as much as I wanted them to win and as much as it, as it hurt to see them lose, I, I just love being down there. I love talking to people. I love walking through the concourse, seeing somebody I know and walking up to them and saying, hey, man, how are you? And then just starting those conversations about what did you see this year? Can you believe this kid won this match? And it doesn't matter where I'm at. And you, you've seen me do that. I, I'm not afraid to talk to, to anybody. And with the show, I guess my face is a little bit more recognizable now. But, uh, you know, you were talking to McGinley on early Friday morning. Yeah. And uh, just those conversations, I think, are, are awesome. I so love it. Dane's brush with greatness. Hey, dude, you got a Sharpie? No? Okay, see you. And then he walks away. That's, that's his Jesse Mendez brush with greatness. Well, I, would, I do want to say you were talking about talking to people, Dane, but uh, I was two rows behind you, and I said, Dane, watch out, and you just ignored me. I and missed I was, you? Yes. I was devastated, dude. Devastated. Next year, we need to get you. Ask him for a Sharpie. We need to get you a press credential. <gasps> Amen. As, as, uh, and, and we'll get Jason to put it on there. Kenny Williams. <laughs> High School Wrestling Weekly. I as, like it. As our credential. I'll and be busy on the floor, do, so I'm good. He we could be a roving, roving reporter. We can do that? I think Jason would do anything we asked him to do. I think we're that high up, Rex. Well, we, we are. We could be considered media. 
Because the podcast part is not part hey, of WZBD, right? If Joe Caprino can get six passes for Indiana <laughs> Matt, we can get one for Kenny. I agree. This show is excellence in broadcasting, though. So I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know why, why would that wouldn't be the case. I mean, you, know, you guys I, are Hall of Famers, right? No, I'm, I'm telling you, it's my show, Dane's show. When I listen to podcasts, it's like, that's a good show. It actually sounds like we know what the heck we're talking about. Dude, that's just why I start. I came once because I wanted to see what it was all about, and I fell in love. I love high school wrestling. I love wrestling. And the, this just... If it's not it's, just, just a talking, listen to the commercials. Our commercials are class. They're, they're top notch. The only mistake we made all year was giving Doug Hammond a mic. Beyond that... You make one mistake. <laughs> beyond that, I think we did pretty well here in year two. You know, when his sister stops me in Walmart and says, don't ever... <laughs> put my brother on a radio again i've been told well guys i we need to wrap it up here we could talk for hours and hours and hours uh i'll give each of you the opportunity to talk about this topic but favorite moment of the year i thought about this on the way here Uh, i got the chance to take my son who's 10 years old to goshen in november and he had never really been to a big high school wrestling tournament before and it wasn't so much the wrestling that he appreciated, but I think he appreciated being part of something bigger. It wasn't necessarily about how Belmont did. Of course, Belmont went there with the team that they had this year, and they dominated. But like, he enjoyed the fact that there were 20 people who asked, hey, what are you doing for supper? What room are you in? Let's go. When we're done with wrestling, what do we do at those tournaments? What do we do? We talk about the wrestling. And then you go to bed and you wake up in the morning and you have breakfast with people in your hotel and you talk about more wrestling. And then you go out to eat that night and then you talk about more wrestling. And then in our case, and you know, this is the way that I've been for the last decade, people show up at your house and they want to talk about more wrestling. And then we have our show on Sunday and we talk about it more. And he was just in awe that there's that much attention paid to it. And uh, he's already asked twice now. He said, Dad, can I go next year? And I told my wife on the way home today, I said, next year, we're going to have to bring the older two. We're going to have to change our schedule a little bit, but they want to go. They want to be part of it. And uh, I, I, to me, for me personally, that was the highlight of my year. I, I, I enjoyed being able to share that moment with my son because I think back to the moments that I had when I was a little kid with uh, Kevin Ripley bringing me to tournaments when he didn't need to, when his own son didn't want to go. And, uh, you know, we used to go with Frank Bittner to these tournaments that nobody else was going to, and we'd drive for two or three hours and stop at Cracker Barrel. Like, I remember those moments so vividly of being able to follow Tim Ortiz and John Sheets and Randy Baker and those guys. And uh, I, I just loved sharing that with him. Andy, what was the moment of your year? Um, so, I, obviously, we've talked about it um, where COVID hit the team in last year, and I didn't get two dissectionals, and then, like, it knocked out six of them afterwards. Um, I didn't think my heavyweight – I had a couple kids that I didn't think would qualify for regionals. Um, my heavyweight pulled it off right at the end, and that made my team, like, qualify all 14 for regionals, um, which was pretty cool, like, when the team gets decimated the year before and then we take all 14 to regionals. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, that was it. I mean, just – for sure, and an awesome accomplishment, and I know that uh, there's a lot of work to be done. We talked about it earlier in the show. If success were easy, everybody would have it, but there's only so much success to spread around, and, and every team that has success is another team's 
failure, and, and you've got to work hard to be able to find that slice of success, set goals for your team that are a little bit more than attainable, and, and follow them and enjoy them. You know, for, you know, we keep, you know, Rex and I, we talk about Belmont all the time. Next year's Belmont goals are going to be different than this year's Belmont goals. But you got to make sure that when you do attain those goals, that you enjoy them. Sure. And that you don't just check it off the list and say, okay, here's our next goal. No, enjoy that conference championship that you won. Enjoy beating Blaine on a Tuesday night. Because there are some years where you don't, and, and you, have to, you have to learn to enjoy those. I know sometimes it's tough. For Belmont, I think it was tough this year. I think it was a big expectation for Belmont to go 23-0 and and to win conference, sectional, and regional, and no one would have thought anything of it. That's, that's a lot of pressure to be on a team. Then I think for next year, I'm going to have just as much fun at Goshen if we don't go 9-0. and And I think that's one of the hard things for fans and it's a hard thing for, for a coach to, to change those expectations year in and year out and be able to celebrate those accomplishments with, with your kids. Kenny, what about oh, you? Oh, man. What? There were so many moments, but I got three key ones. One okay. with my son I already touched on, which, you know, we went over. Friday night when they said Fort Wayne 28. Yeah. And then the third favorite thing happened also last weekend. I had two people unprompted Uh-oh. tell me I was good on the radio Uh-oh. show. <laughs> so I was like... Oh, my goodness. So, you know, you sit, sit on the shoulders of giants, and, man, you can get hey, close. His East Noble Wrestling hat just popped in the back. <laughs> just popped. No, it's not the hat. I just couldn't believe. Like, I come over here, and I think I'm just dragging you guys down. And, like, <laughs> I mean, I already screwed up the phone thing today. I didn't know I couldn't talk to him directly. But, you know, you guys are the best. And then I'm coming in here, and I'm like, oh, I'm not dragging him down. Maybe I'm madding a little bit. Maybe something's, you know, somebody knows something now. And the, well, I'm just excited, man. You add more than most people do because your knowledge of wrestling. Now there's there's the Doug Hammonds of the world come in and add things we have to cut out of podcast. <laughs> but uh, the Adam Central guys really get a kick out. I talked to them at Seminole State and they're all laughing and say, yeah, I was listening. You could hear him in the background. And, and uh, you know, Keegan Bloom's like, yeah, my Uncle Doug. I heard him on the radio. But, um, my, my one, I mean, my thing this season, um, when you do a lot of matches during a week and Dane's got two or three jobs. I have a full-time job. You work during the day you got to go drive someplace to do it at night i mean it drags on you when you do dane keeps adding matches this season and you know we did what we do 30 matches this year it seemed like 30 matches and we had 20 uh coaches shows the coaches shows at least on sunday night you're kind of winding your way down but i think the support we've had for the show by parents that show up the brights the judge new williams and then they took the picture that night and dane and i last weekend we get this surprise visit, and my uh, kid comes. He goes, Dad, some guy was here and left this package here for you. I was like, what is it? He goes, I think it's a blanket. Why, why did he give you a blanket for? <laughs> I said, I don't know. We open up. And here that night at the uh, coach's show, the Belmont fan, uh, Belmont parents got together. The, co- the uh, judge took a picture, and he made blankets for Dane and I. So he dropped them off to live. So Dane and I have uh, customized blankets with belmont high school parents behind us and i mean i think that's probably one of the good things i mean doing matches during the week is demanding doing this on sunday night you get a you get a meal sit around i thought my wife was actually going to come here tonight and she just wanted a cheese curd and then she left but you know that's the support but she had a long weekend and a lot of things but uh she was uh tired but uh she has been here nights before and sit and and enjoys listening to the show and we do have some people that uh 
I mean, I think the Brights have been here every week. The Judge has been here about every week. And, and we, we do appreciate that sport. And I think a lot of people around the state, we talked to people from all over the state this past weekend that listened to our show, downloaded our show. And I think we've gained respect to the state of Indiana, not just this little pocket of Adams County. Yeah, and I think it all comes down to the relationships that you make with people. And I know the Brights are ones that we've spent uh, an evening at about six different restaurants, it feels like, throughout the year from Mishawaka to here to uh, Rack and Helens at New Haven. And, and, and those are the moments that you appreciate. And that's when I think, you know, having conversations with the Dobie Litchfields, you know, they're so hard on themselves because they set their goals. And all the time... I thank those kids, and I think you guys don't realize, you know, Bill Carpenter's the guy. I know he's not listening to the podcast because he's not a technology guy. He listens to the radio, and then that's it. But, like, he's a 75-year-old guy who lives in the county line between Adams and Allen County, who used to be a school teacher, who wears overalls 80% of the time except when he shows up to church, and he wears them to, he wears them to watch Belmont Wrestling. When his wife died, he wrote this letter to Kyle Lawson, and it said, the only thing I had to look forward to this week was going to watch Belmont wrestle. And it didn't matter that you won or you lost. I went to Belmont and I enjoyed myself. And there are so many people in our area who feel that way about the sport. And you know what? 15 years from now, we're not going to care that Ike got fifth instead of gotten third. Or that, that Blake got fifth instead of reaching the finals and pulling off the upset. What was important was that we were all down there. We shared in it. There were people here eating biscuits and gravy. There were people uh, in Indianapolis who, who drove through ice because there was no way that they were going to miss it. There were people who downloaded the stupid Ticketmaster <laughs> app on their freaking phone to try to get and, in. And watch it load. I just, you know, if I'm going to sum up everything and how I feel, I can't imagine not doing it. Well, that's what I, my wife, she, uh, she was at a volleyball tournament with my daughter, and she texted me that, you know, her heart was broken for Ike, and uh, her heart was broken for Aiden, and um, I told her, you know, like, I don't care what the records are, I don't care where they finished, but they put four years into something that's extremely difficult, and, and in, in doing so, they added, like, value to my life, yeah. and to her life. You got to be along for We the got ride. to be, like, they don't know me from Adam, really, I mean, they, I mean, and they do, but everybody else, too, even the sectional qualifiers, you know, they put in the effort, and I got to see them. I got to talk about them. I got to enjoy time with my friends talking about them. And so it was like doing something, you know, added value to my life, and I think that's such a, such a big thing for those kids that they don't really know that they've done. Correct. That, that, that's been my theme through all my kids and the stuff I've been coaching is it made you a better human being, flat out. It made you a better human being, and I know it. So that that to me is – is the most important thing anymore. I think the most excited I got all year, Rex, was when Austin Christner won in the first round of regionals. You and I were calling it, and I screamed out his German name, his German classroom name. I said, stick him, Timo. <laughs> and I just screamed it at the top of my lungs because I was just so dang excited for that kid to be able to extend his season for another week and to be able to wrestle at semi-state. That's what it's all about. You know, I made the effort to go down and uh, talk to all the area kids on the map before semi-state, and he was standing there, and I told him, I said, yeah, the call of the week was uh, Stick Him Timo, and they all just roared <laughs> laughing. So, you know, that's, you know, you bring some uh, levity to it with uh, Jean-Paul. <laughs> so it, it's nice to have that. And, and like Clint said, too, there are kids – 
going through things that yeah. 99% of us don't know anything about. Jean-Paul's one of them. Um, missed some practices this year. And he told the coaches, I got to watch my little siblings. Yeah. You know, I, I, I got to be at home. I, I got to be there for them. And I think sometimes we lose sight of that. But the moments that we do realize it are, are, are some of the best moments of the season. I'll tell you what, I was walking out of Market, out of market Square. <laughs> been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> Banker's that, Life. That, well, that's where I wrestled at market, market Square. Uh, Gamebridge Fieldhouse. And some guy had a T-shirt on and, and said something about, I wrestled in the state finals like 17 years ago. I just did the math. I was walking out and thought to myself, I wrestled in the state finals 44 years ago. <laughs> So I'm the old dog, but uh, I tell you what, the memories are just as strong today as they were 44 years ago. Yep. Uh, and I remember the matches just as vividly 25 years ago as that. I remember what happened on, on Saturday. And in closing, Rex, I, I, I talked you up to the commissioner on Friday in between our shows from talking about volleyball coverage. But uh, you do an outstanding job. Uh, there's nobody in the state of Indiana who covers more wrestling than you <laughs> from, from all the way in October from covering, you know, 35 different schools and then getting into the state tournament from doing all of those shows, all of these shows. I, I just, I, I, I'm so lucky to be a part of this. We certainly owe thanks to our station owner for allowing us to do it. But I, I think when, when we put the two of us together, and, and bring in these people, and you know, my wife jokes with me. Do you have a, a guest yet? It's two o'clock. I'm like, no, we don't. We'll get there. <laughs> I don't know what time I texted Andy, but I, I knew that we well, could make it work. We were we were three fourths through the show, and he called Clint Guard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, it's one of those things that we we do cover a lot. And I actually at the uh, regional I was talking to uh, Rob Weaver, and and he congratulated us on the success of of, of this show. And I believe. I think he agrees with us. This is probably the best show that WZBD has ever put on the air. Well, there is focus on a family. It's been no. fun. <laughs> no, I t- I'll tell you, though, like, when I hear the, the song and it says it's time for exciting high school wrestling, it still gives me tingles. I don't know where Steve got that, but I heard it the other day, and I was like, because he played it all week long, advertising, yes. wish record. You've been coming. listening to high school wrestling. I was painting in my daughter's basement, heard his song, I was like, I'm going to be on again. My kid's like, oh, my God, you listen to stuff on your radio again. And my one kid always told me, he said, you're the only person I know who likes to listen to themselves on the radio. I said, I'm the only person you know that's on the radio. <laughs> and with that, we'd like to thank Steve for hanging out for this extended edition. I'd like to thank all these guys that have been here. I'd like to thank our sponsors. I'd like to thank the huge crowd that is amassed tonight uh, to listen to us. There they are, the band of two. And uh, we've wrapped another season, Dane. Two successful seasons of the Hager Seppner Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly. Well, now you got to listen for the monthly pod with Kenny. <laughs> Amen. We can work on that because all we have to do is get it back to studio and they can record it. Absolutely. It doesn't have to go out on the airways. Absolutely. So with that, we're signing off and tune in next year, probably about, I don't know, August or September, whatever Dane <laughs> Some, can talk Rob into. Somewhere, somewhere around there. Take care. <laughs>